0: School leave for me was good. Our community service and a company in Redfield gave me a chance. Did that for about a year. Got moved to a company in East Grinstead, worked for those guys for about another year. Got sacked again, then moved to London. And then on Friday, the 31st of March 2006, I got sacked again. I started creating, put the floor in there on the 1st of April 2006. How did you find that whole experience being involved in the car? I would say it's like being in Panto, people would pull up. A seat yard, dinner table, and leave the family it. After. Endless amounts of drama. Everything we touch turns to gold. And then when it starts to wobble, yeah, people get upset. It, it got quite intrusive and the abuse was getting worse and worse and worse. What do I not like about it? Matt, uh, welcome to the cabin. Um, great to have you here and uh, it'd be great just to chat to you a bit about kind of you up in Crawley, a bit about your career, and kind of, I guess, what you've got coming up. Sure. Um, and a bit of advice for people out there who might be looking to start their own business or do what you've done. So CEO of the Creative Group, former Crawley Town director, philanthropist. How did it all begin? What was your background, I guess, coming up in? Oh, sorry. Good question. I mean, when I was uh, in Scott Yeah, I grew up in Crawley and lived in Hill for all of my childhoods. Um, and school leave for me was good, like community service, but like I had to go, I knew where I had to go, but I didn't particularly enjoy it. I always knew from a really young age I wanted to run my own company. Mm. I always wanted to be in creative services. I trained as a graphic designer. I was a pretty poor one. Um, very good at the idea piece. Not very good at putting that creative onto paper. Uh, and when I left school, I was, I mean, I I think I was just turned 16. Mm finished my last GCSE on a Thursday, started a full-time job on a Monday, and I'd written to about 100 companies within sort of a 15-minute walk from the mainline train station and said, if you like me, I'll work the first month for free, going high down if am mm-hmm. any good, I want six grand a year, five mm-hmm. hundred quid a month. Oh, I thought that was 16, that was a pretty good, a uh, pretty good offer. <laughs> and a company, in Redfield, gave me a chance, and... Um, I started working for those guys. Did that for about a year. Got sacked. Then moved to a company in uh, in East Grinstead, uh, and I was running printers' films and printers' plates, and like really learning about creative and design from the you know, from the bottom upwards. Worked for those guys for about another year. Got sacked again. Uh, then I did exactly the same. thing, Moved to London. Uh, yeah, went to companies in London I wanted to work in in London. Uh, went we'll the first one to free and if you like me, I want eighteen grand here. And if I still get a thousand pounds for every year I've been alive it was a pretty good deal. And uh, someone gave me a job, um, was an atrocious designer, but good with people. And it moved they moved me into more sort of a salesy type role. And I settled, I mean, within within eighteen months. I was a sales was we were turning the three Mini level. Yeah, I was just turned nineteen. And uh, then on Friday the 31st of March 2006, and I sat again. So I've never had a Do. That's probably my biggest regret. <laughs> never had a I don't know what yeah, that feels like. like. And uh, <laughs> I started Creative Pod the following day on the 1st of April 2006. No way, yeah. Sure. Straight yeah. away, straight yeah. away. Yeah. And the only reason I called it Creative Pod is because at the time, the two biggest selling MP3 players were <laughs> the <both> iPod <laughs> and the Creative Zen. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I put the two together at Craig I think I had about five grand in the bank. I just bought my first backing, that's a Yeah. And I had no clients. Wow. Five years of experience I've stayed. And uh, off my job, I went. I went, I went literally, I started creative Pod by doing design work badly for people <laughs> and then outsourcing the print and having the margin on the print. And my first ever client was a guy called Lee Greenwood. Nah, he was a boxing provider. It should have rang the alarm bells at the time. But naivety is a painful thing. And um, I still have the check he paid me with. Really? Because <laughs> it bounced. <belts. laughs> so <laughs> my first ever foray into running a company was about £1,200. No, my eyes haven't started. Yeah, and I just grew it and borrowed bur- it from that. Mm-hmm. And then after probably, I don't know, probably after the first year or so, I did a probably another business up to a couple hundred grand hotel over. Yeah. Which is the 1920s. These are actually about 21 by then. And um, 2008 came, credit crunch, session. Mm. Again, being naive, and you know what that means, Possibly that can be a room really, good thing. Mm, yeah. And well, I lost one well, of my biggest clients, who are 80% of my So I went on holiday to Dubai and ended up running a hundred grand product to <laughs> birthday, And then I was staying in Dubai for. Probably the best part of another two years or so. Uh, did this family to Development Bank in Jeddah, yeah, you know, watched on some incredible projects that were like way outside what I should have been doing. Um, um and then came back to the UK, one day entrepreneur of the year, uh, a drunk on the ball ceremony, <laughs> the journalist, Laurent region you know, yeah. I I, yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, what's that, the Scouts Times? Yeah. She interviewed me and she said, Okay, i to do that. I said, "Why you quit your job? We'll start a company together." We did. That's when Scumble Talent started. Yeah, and and that was meant to be a one-hit wonder, a one-trick pony. You know, back in 2010, 2011, young entrepreneurs weren't cool like they are now. You know, you'd always be mocked for being young and in business. True. And um, and it was a roaring success. It inspired 16 to 25 year olds to start their first business. Gatwick <clears throat> supporting us, Talis. We had a crew member council, everybody jumped on board. We did it, we delivered it. And, um, and I guess the Russell's history, because it rallied for the best part of 11 years. Now West Bank rolled it. And yeah. We've had a the best part of five or 600 kids come through and start businesses. <coughs> yeah. Um we generated three, three and a half thousand jobs. And it was literally just like a drunken idea that I said, I'll oh, really I mean, do once. And it just snowballed and grew and grew and grew. And that ended up entering lots of doors, as you can imagine yeah uh again I had to talk to people about that it wasn't marketing essentially and, um and i would then win class off the back of that activity uh and then in must have been what 2011 i did my first acquisition i bought a little digital print company that was about to be bust yeah. and it just ran poorly really and still now it's doing really well we've got some gold contracts and so it's a nice addition to having else um and then I got involved with Crawley as a sponsor, Crawley Town. Yeah. I'd always been a fan from there. end of like six or seven when they were telling me, you know, my granddad, you yeah. know, share over whole three to the goalie, you know. <laughs> so then 20 years later, to, to be a sponsor, they got offered the a tech directorship. I uh, didn't really know what that meant. It sounded really good. Yeah. And at, at a party, I ended up selling all the writers to the rise, so over a Check Trade. Yeah. And um, didn't realize I wasn't allowed to because there was protective covenants over the name of the stadium. So I managed to convince the council's lawyers to let me change the name. Wow. That was the biggest deal in League One, commercially that season. And then I got offered a full directorship off the back of it. Mm. The two shareholders are retiring, so I acquired that they have 50% of the equity of the club. Yeah. I bought their equity. And then sold it in 2016. Is it 2016? Yeah. That's quite a score. Wow. Well. well, There was a lot to unpack in that. I guess one of the questions I had around your entrepreneurial spirit, I suppose, where did that, where do you think that, come, that came from? Because you said you said you set the business up straight after those three jobs, I guess, you got set from. So it must have been in there, mustn't it, um, from like a young age. So can you put your finger on it? It was just one of those things, I guess. Oh, I think I was like... What's the freedom? Mm. And then, little did I know that when you do sell your own company, you don't have any freedom. <laughs> you know, you you don't have a boss, and actually, everybody becomes your boss. Yeah. Um, I think that, that entrepreneurial spirit has always been sort of in my blood, I guess. You know, I've been come from a, a wealthy family. I came from very what, hard, so work ethic was what had been instilled in me for a very, very long time. Mm. Um, and I quite liked the, you know, the, the kudos that came with it. I mean, essentially, uh, I was not a I think sporty person, so I wasn't going to be able to look kudos and me going from every side of things. I was good for people, good at business, good at kind of with ideas that people paid the money for. Yeah, um, I think it always from a really young age. A psychological era of spirit was always there. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I mean, I met you sort of about 20 years ago, I think. I remember then thinking... He's going to go on and do something like that. I remember you have that, you have that sort of energy and spirit then. But drive. Yeah. And that's what you need. is, is just a level bit of that. Try. And, and if you do fail, it's okay. you know, Fail miles to get back out. it again. And I think that's it. I think a lot of people here in that will think you just, you know, just 25 minutes, say, kind of that career. That might sound easy to some people because you just kind of pack that into five minutes. But it is hard. It's hard graft, isn't it? So, because what was there a, t- a, name, a tough moment? You thought at any point, "Oh, this is it too hard." Or yeah, plenty of time. Yeah, Many a time. I mean, after the first Czech battles, <laughs> that the shit was just do they I landed the city wall. That was the first client. Yeah, and, um, endless amounts of time I've was Italian, but there's this thing inside you, I think that that you, you, you always want sort to of prove yourself wrong, let like everybody else. I remember once. I remember my hair for that once. Really, you know, you're not, I'm not, 12, like and then you're, I, I, know, I was twenty twelve somewhere like I the Dalmatian all reverse. And it just was like stress and my crap and just um, all rubbish. And you become more resilient and enjoy the wins. You learn know, from the losses, mm. and you soon start to realize actually what you don't need to win every game to win the league. And I run my business very much like a football club, like a football team. Yeah. And everything I learned from business, I couldn't apply to football, didn't work. But everything I learned from football, I can apply to business, and it does work. Works really, really well. That's really interesting. So, so the way I look at it is that the majority of what K do, does goes on the squad. And we play in the league, we play in because of the quality of our players. So, if we want bigger and better clients, with even bigger and better people, yeah. um, or they need to grow with the company, and that's took really me a while to learn that. Um, yeah, yeah, you learn from the things around you, don't you? I suppose as you do. T- yeah, t- 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 yeah. T- t- I think because I started my company so so young, but at the time, all of my friends are probably early to mid forties, yeah. and I was sort of surrounded by successful people from the get go. Twenty years later. I, they're in then, sort of late 50s, or 60s, selling their businesses, yeah, tens, hundreds of millions of pounds. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I guess, obviously, doing the starting your own business, you had to sacrifice quite a lot, I suppose. So did that cover the cost of other things? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had, yeah. girlfriends, I mean, cracky. <laughs> yeah, they <don't> threw <trim> themselves heading <laughs> the start of this <laughs> because they often wouldn't either understand or, um. They would be jealous that the business put more attention than they got, mm. or you couldn't afford to do certain things, but they couldn't understand why. because you own a company and not see anybody that owns a company with a scheme ultimately there? <laughs> and that's not the case. You know, you're often the last person to be paid. Mm. Um, and I think, as a uh, like the social side of things, I think that's college, I think that's uni. So those kind of that whole sort of four or five years of. A young person's life. I, I didn't have I went straight to work. Yeah. So on one side of the coin, yeah, the, the social sacrifice was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. But no I look back now. Do I regret? No, no. Yeah. But I, want it, so I could once hit sub I couldn't matter because you can that time back. Yeah. So well lift by the sword, but by the sword. You've got you've gone to great things, That So yeah. It all pays off in the end, doesn't it? Well no. Yeah, that's it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now I can remember like there was one year I worked the whole year. I didn't take a penny out of the business. Add a lobster 18 grand. Right now, so I made him work in the whole year. Yeah. and then lose 18 grand at the end of the year. Yeah. That was truly low mode. I bet. I bet. And these are the things I guess people don't see or know, do they? And they think about starting a business. You might, you see it now, don't you have tell tenant if this sort of, I guess people on YouTube, you yeah. know, Dragon's Den, Dragon's Den, Apprentice. is this crap. <laughs> you know, is, that's just not how it is in the real world. You know, you look at the apprentice, the interviews. Yeah. If I went into a meeting and someone didn't shake my hands and behave the way cool behaves, I would not be happy. Do you remember? I wouldn't tolerate that, rubbish. bitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and like would track and stand in the way they come kind of, taught them structured deals and nobody takes a 60 grand investment for 40 to sell the company No, but like you said you've been doing other things on the side of that as well so you really you are really busy. and so start up talent um, obviously that's still going isn't it it was it's kind of advice at the moment is no it a good part of this we went to school so all the rest of it and, and you know what i'm i'm now sort of being very close to 40. So I remember the class was yell sort of yelling, yelling <laughs> And I'm going to say, shoot. <laughs> <"S- "S- laughs> the good thing's got to come to an end. And it's always, for me, it's always better than even a day early than a day late. Like, yeah, 100%. I, can, you know, I still do a lot of mentoring. I've probably been to 15, 16, on the walks of life. I've read it. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's sort of back the i think bored. Perhaps I like, kick somebody else when they need it. yeah. Like, our enjoy watching side of things because You can really see the breaks in somebody. Yeah. And they really value it. And you know that you're making a really significant positive difference in someone's life in a dollar's money. Mm. And it, sometimes it's just that sounding ball, isn't it, for someone just to say, you know, I don't know, I'll steal my tax returns. Or, you know, what should I do here? And having someone who's done it, been there, done it. I'm not mate, I'm dad, I'm not bro, boyfriend. So if you ever like it, they're really. Yeah. If that's simple. And yeah, do you get that kind of brutally honest? Yeah. You know, known sort of objectives or, you know, preconceptions. Basically, that's my opinion. Take from it what you were. Did you did you on the flip side of that, did you have any mentors or people that inspired you? Did I have any mentors? Not really. I was always surrounded by, by successful people. They. So, when you're young and boss sort of that don't take advantage of you and know, sort of always take you under their wing. You are always learning from them. You know, you're always learning from them. Now I have a few people, like the place people that I talk to, I think the thing with a mentor in business is that you've got to get someone who's, who's got a similar play pain threshold to you. And otherwise they're either going to push you too hard, they'll break you, or they'll never push you hard enough at all, and you mm-hmm. won't achieve what you set out to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's been many a time where you ask that couple know, friends, families, and fools, you know, and you tell them something you want to do, that or that you can't do that, or what if it goes wrong? It's always the first of what's in bed wrong. No one ever says, or what it goes right? So it's finding the right person that's got the same sort of risk threshold as you mm-hmm. that can give you the right advice but not how to push you too far. Mm. Um, I see that a lot, actually. Yeah, I've got yeah, friends who have sold their businesses for hundreds of millions of pounds, yeah. and they become a little bit warped in their views and thoughts like that because they become disconnected. Sometimes of you just got to take that leap, haven't you? It's almost like uh, you haven't once and actually not to thinking too much about the negative, those place. It One. won't kill you. Yeah. And what people forget is as much as you can go forward, it's still okay to go back and mm. and, and do cock the head because I see it as a negative. I've just done sort of say this a lot to my team as well as so that the only way to make something go forward, you know, a catapult is to pull it backwards. Yeah, that's a great that's a great analogy. Yeah. And if you get your head drive that, yeah, well that's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely it's like sort of diaphragm and airplane into the ground to pick up speed. Yeah, as long as you know when to pull back on the controls. You'll be fine and you'll be super fast and super strong. Um, there's just no way to pull back. But how things got at the moment, yeah. Creative pot. yeah, right. yeah. It's a bit of a big myth all this. I mean, you know, COVID was an interesting period. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed COVID, right? You know, from a business perspective, yeah, you know, it fed into all of my um strengths. Uh, it enabled you know the team to actually see what I do for them, it enabled me to kind of. It's almost like being able to pull over and change all the wheels at the same time. Whereas normally, I feel like you've been able to change your wheel as you're banging 70 miles and that down the road, and it's very really difficult. Um, and I mean, we've, we've grown tremendously over the last sort of four or five years, and we're now at our 17th, which is a couple of years. You well, know, pinched myself for the back. Did I really do that? Uh, but yeah, I mean, by the end of this year, I think we'll be quite to all of us. But for an agency, that's quite a, a big size. Yeah. And, um, and we're doing great stuff, I mean, ultimately, we become our clients marketing department the for a fixed monthly fee, so they outsource all of their social content, either our website awards, or literally like you would if you have a, yeah. you know, a sweet-blown creative team. Mm-hmm. Like, we've got to get to it, of time, so yeah, we do great stuff, really cool stuff, we've got clients probably in 60 different industries, we probably go after the marketing for about $150. $1. From you know, startups through to global blue chips and we've booked clients in we eight other countries now. Yeah, it's just cool. I wow. have yeah. International. Yeah. A, a couple in America, Jordan, the UAE, Shanghai. Yeah. Did yeah. so we get to fire? Yeah. yeah, often, yeah. Yeah, wow. It's uh yeah. yeah. I like it because it gives me a different perspective. The more you travel, the less bigger tends oh. you become. Yeah and you you see things from very sort of different perspectives and then you can bring that knowledge home and apply it to a smaller growing companies to the your step. And Jim, I'm interested, obviously you're, you're from Crawley, your business is based there you. obviously care about community a lot, don't you? So yeah. um, I'm assuming you recruit a bit from Crawley in the area around. Most half the team was all this week in the Yeah, I would say. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And you and you obviously given you try to give back to the community as well. So um, I know you've done stuff like for charities and things. So have you got things that like I do at the mayor or have done? Yeah, I mean we would probably support at least ten charities across us. It was in, um And if anyone else, well, I would say yes. You know, it's always things, but partly well, because car, you know, if got yeah, the bed, then good the stuff happens to you. But it opens up doors when you're all young and. I've realised this quite a quick here. Like when you're young and driven and and a capitalist of computer can perceive as either being sort of greedy or, <laughs> or arrogant or whatever it may be, I found charity really the way to be sort of yin to the yang and maybe yeah. that or grounding. Um but I, I love the charity work we've done. Yeah, you know, we've we've done cards for it. So yeah, from Batterworth to Milan and Batterwall to Monaco, where it's study ground in the weekend. I jumped off Wellington Pier. and the but while back, Chesma, Absa, Baraboo Council, yeah, yeah Don'ts to the Litzel. they you know, just done like endless crazy stuff. And uh, for me, like that takes me out of my comfort zone, and not many things do anymore. So, yeah. by using sort of my charitable engagements then push my comfort zone, it makes me better in other areas. Yeah, and then we can encourage clients to do it. And most charities have fantastic PL marketing teams. And so then they amplify you and so on and so forth. So yeah. you can create this complete kind of circular um, vehicle where everybody benefits. Yeah. It's just effort. It's literally just effort. And if you're willing to put the effort and do it sincerely, actually mean it and not just do it because you want to be a charitable one, yeah, then break things can happen. And you do it consistently, then you get known for it. And you know, it gives you something else to talk about. Street, people that just isn't your day job. Yeah. that. I've seen some of that work done. It's, it's fantastic. Um, and I saw one in particular, which I think mean, got a bit of attention at the time, was the Chesney Hawks. Only so the cold, cold talk. Cold okay. Okay. And they all come around. Uh, how did that come around? So we'll get more and more celebrities coming into the House, which I'm a patron of. Yeah, only the only end of life uh, and life in children's hospice in Sussex. And... I sort of said to the fundraising director, why don't I go pick the celebrities up and bring them to the house? I can interview them in the car, I can have some fun, give them a tour, and then put it out on social and YouTube and all the rest of it to raise the profile of, of the charity, but also to generate some money out of it. And um, they wrote to James Corden, they asked if they could use all the rights and stuff. He was like, yeah. Yeah, and the Brussels history and. The- yeah, it's a great, it's a great video. So, it, it is it's a good right. ladder. It's just as good fun. It's very really good. I guess one thing um, you mentioned in, your, in when we first started talking was about Crawley Towns. Yeah. Uh, I'm you know a big football fan. So it must have been being a fan of Crawley Town it must have been incredible being a director of the club and being able to like help steer in the direction of it and being involved in the day to day. How did you find that whole experience being involved in the club? How long was it for? uh as a director, three three and a half pins yeah, and there's a sort of sponsor, not exactly all the telephones, about five and a half years, yeah. I, w- I would say it's like being in panto for the whole year, <laughs> not just for Christmas. <laughs> it, it's literally like being in panto for the whole year, and uh, yeah, I could I can remember like going out to dinner with my wife, and people would pull up at a seat at a dinner table and leave, and. You know, you get a lot of abuse and <laughs> a little stick and, you know, football fans are fickle, you know, they're very, very fickle. Oh. It's, it's all like up a religion. Yeah. And I learned a lot, actually, because it was, for me, the first time I ever ever experienced like public negativity. Yeah. Mm. I've always been a poster boy and now for the first time I'm having my train with me and that's a bit getting used to. By talking things that you could never, ever have allowed. Um, it was difficult being the only director in on social mm-hmm. and in sort of like, the local line life, I might say. Yeah. Made me a very, very easy target. Not mm-hmm. that uh, so much But to me, you know, across my ear, I see that. But to yeah, people used to watch the telly. And, and and it was quite nostalgic to have to take my granddad back to the football. And being at the, the ballroom, not in the stands with the large bar or cup of telly, you know. I for twenty years later, sitting on the outside of the fence was you know, really really special. Yeah, but I loved it. I thoroughly loved it. Yeah, it's the only business I've ever been involved in where, yeah. when the actual proper business part of things happens, I thought there's zero control. When a bus was blind, oh. didn't the phone keep being kicked around? Yeah, nothing I can do. Um, and I hate limousine. I hate limousine. So. It was difficult but it was fun. It was so fun. And it opened up endless stores as you can imagine. know, yeah, yeah. It it gave me something to talk to people about. It was really sexy and really, really different. Yeah. And I to do it again probably. Probably not like you may maybe. um but it was it was brilliant. I thoroughly 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 enjoyed it. Yeah. But made lots of mistakes. And learned from them uh would to do it any differently. I don't think I've had a football th- director or owner say everything went perfect. I think mean, they all say the same thing. Like, they don't yeah, different things. Yeah, yeah. I would say got to the stage where you could tell me anything and it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, you'd never breathe. Mm-hmm. Endless amounts of drama, which is why I kind of just saw it as winter. Yeah. and I was just the big up in dame that everyone would shout at every Saturday afternoon, <laughs> and that's absolutely fine. But it was pretty. We cool. did pretty well, didn't you, during that period. So. You must be quite proud. You very proud. Yeah, but people have won more. That's it, and they didn't win the Champions League final today. So, was <laughs> still room for more. And you got to remember back then, everything was touch, turns of to goals, cut punks, you know, league runs, something the community. That you know, everything was positive, positive, positive. And then when it starts to wobble, yeah, got upset. You know, and you compare that era to now is trouble cheese. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't think Americans should be allowed to get involved in British sport. I feel they should be banned as a nation. Yeah. Americans should be banned as a nationality. With quite a few of them now. Yeah. <laughs> For me, sport is probably the only part of America that's communist. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, of the model where Yeah. But, uh, it's that relegation or everyone's a braille, we're happy to go on. Share it. Into me, it's, it's just a, a very very different makeup to mm. so football, very very differently. Yeah, they don't even call it the same thing. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, so they try and then implement and instill their Americanisms. That doesn't sit very well with football fans. <laughs> I suppose one area of terms of that Americans the Wrexham example. Um, I mean, they've been there a couple of years now, but they're doing quite well this year, aren't they? Yeah. You know, they're heading the right direction, not So. We'll see. But um yeah. yeah, well, Yeah, but they're not paying low no league salaries. No. This is it. They're not paying league two salaries, they're pl- paying league one salaries. Yeah. So is that sustainable? Probably not. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent of 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 starting a business paying everyone a quarter of a million really a year. And it that's just not have a real world works. so that bubble bursts at some point but when you've got ovals that are worth a lot of money yeah something that did you did you decide to leave probably because there's only so long you should do that kind of royalty you know what commercial sure. I think you're just a you're just a glorified foster pay you're a babysitter yeah. you know you don't own that vehicle you're just a custodian and it's your job to keep it alive, and then find somebody to pass up that on to. Yeah, um, I think that's probably the, the, the biggest thing for me. It, it's it, it's hard. It's really hard, and it, it got quite intrusive. You know, I can't imagine. And and the abuse was getting worse and worse and worse. Kids we go. and you know when you're, yeah. you new know, old's asking what's a banker, yeah, that, you start to realise actually maybe. This isn't right, and I was aware that you know it was getting to the stage I think where the kind of romantic story of the, the little kid that turned director and all the rest of it quite quickly could have become the person that killed it as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was the right time. Going back to that thing you said earlier about start telling you know, get out the day, go to yeah, all, yeah get out early before. Things to sell days. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. look at it's like comparing, Wilson, Wenger, none mm. folks, by the absolute yeah. heroes, but one was tainted because he stayed around three seasons mm. Yeah, it's true. It was... Yeah, sometimes getting out, it's, that timing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Wenger's one. That's okay. Yeah, that's absolutely okay. Yeah, but football. Oh, Mental, and that's a crawling level. So you can only imagine what it, what it must be like higher up. Yeah, yeah. That's, I can't even imagine. You know, I can't, I can't even imagine, imagine things that go on. <laughs> Fine. And I bet you saw a few things. we should Stephen, I'm sure we could have another separate chat about that. So probably couldn't record it. <don't> know. <laughs> <I don't> know. <laughs> I don't know. Loads of trouble. <laughs> What's the next thing? I guess for you, like. A, you are not even thought yet, man. No, some amazing stars. Probably you can write a book already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've started to actually. Yeah. Um, I've done it more of sort of. A, I've, I have. I've started to write a book. It's more of sort of like a cathartic, therapeutic process <laughs> called "How to Spot a Dickhead," and it's basically stories of all the dickheads I've come across. Really, yeah. And all the times I've been a dickhead as well, so it works both ways. Yeah. Um, and if you can spot those trends or prevent that from happening, it gets to the end of the stop stop you from making money or having, it in a, bit, having it a title or being a decent person. And I'll read back on some of those stories and then probably be friendly you know, to laugh at them. Now. Yeah. Whereas at the time, they were absolutely self-destroying. I can imagine. But uh, yeah, I mean, in terms of what's next, you know, if someone had said to me 17 years ago, you go back and do this, you're going to achieve this, I would have laughed at them. I would have absolutely laughed at them. I mean, if I would if achieved a tenth of what I'd achieved, I would have been happy. So it's, it's really difficult to kind of, when people say, well, we have been doing it in three years' time. That's it. I've been telling you. Yeah. You know, so it's with three months about what I've been doing three months' time. I probably still would have laughed at them. Yeah. So for me, as long as I'm having a positive impact and I'm enjoying what I'm doing, I'm having fun, I'm wanting to make a difference. And I'm aiming to make money as well because that's that is important. Yeah. Then if those boxes are ticked, I'm happy. I continue. Yeah, that's for me. I really enjoy the charity work we do. I, I love seeing like the team grow right, well, and flourish. Individuals, you know, you know, some of them started as execs and now directors, and that's really special to get yeah. someone from that stage and take them all the way to the top. Yeah, i mentor them and support them, and you know, and they great. I like the people, people side of things. That's what paramount. is. Yeah. Yeah. But as long as yeah, success continues and yeah, the good work and the impact, I'm happy. That's, that's really nice by looking at it. Yeah. And happiness isn't that important, to be fair. It's more content than... Mm-hmm. Because for me, like, happiness is 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 a truck. You know, most, most people I find in, in life, their high is here and their low is here. But when you, when you run a company, your high is up here and, and the lightweight is down there. So your drop and balance is massive. And that's yeah, that's probably the biggest challenge, managing... Yeah, managing the gap yeah, between happiness and misery. So i try and find the template more than anything because i am last a little bit longer and it's not so much of an endorphin of walk, but there's extremes. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's extremes. And yeah. that's probably the most difficult thing to deal with is... You know, the highs are unbelievably high, and then the lows become soul destroying low. Yeah. And picking yourself back up and then dropping yourself back down again <laughs> it could be taxed, it really can, yeah. but it comes with the territory. Yeah. So, I, no one have ever had a gun to my head. All the decisions I made, I made for a reason. Yeah. And the life I created has been created because of the opportunities that I took and the mistakes that I made. So, bounce me at the end of the day. You've obviously done amazing business. You're you're an asset to the town. I just wondered what you thought. And obviously Anne being involved in, you know, quite a big another big asset for really, just Crawley Town. What do you think about Crawley in terms of its future, you know, with the airport and business obviously in a really good location. So like, do you are you optimistic about kind of post pandemic, you know, Gatwick was hit quite hard, but the direction you travel was based for the town itself. I think I think Crawley will always be prosperous. You know, someone told me about it. It's got probably the lowest unemployment rates in the country. Um, someone also told me that Croydon generates the same amount of corporation taxes as the whole of West Sussex combined. Wow. wow, which I thought was quite an interesting stat. Uh, I'd like to see a bit more aspiration from Crawley. um Yeah, you know, why is it that because we've got an, an airport on our doorstep? The easy option is oh you become a backup channel. Why can't it be a pilot? Nah. Yeah, why does it have to be that end of the spectrum and not the other? F- <laughs> um so I would like to see just a little bit more um for an effort from that perspective. Yeah. I do see there's a little bit of an identity identity crisis we are crawling. Um yeah, but also the football club used to sort of joke, Well, sing, you know, you got like Edwards and Carpa's I I probably several like <laughs> have heard though I have for so much more than with Garrett Captain's car park. You know, it's a really good place to, to study, you know, great schools. colleges in the, a good place, not just a college group have taken over a sort of out. Yeah. Um you've got puberty activity in terms of like London, mm-hmm. Brighton, rural, Hebsby Flyers, Gatwick. It's there are worse places in the world to live. I am um, I sort of within my business community. Sort of joke where Crawley's a bit like a Truman show, you know. There's a sort of a little bit of a bubble, Um, but I feel that I do feel like sometimes there is an identity crisis. So, you know, it's one of those things. I think when you've got a town with the makeup of Crawley, with such diversity in culture, the languages, people, and ages, and demographics, I think if you were planning, probably again, probably structure is slightly differently. And it's probably more of the only sort of town center I've across, so there isn't people living there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Whereas most town centres, have a community there. Yeah. Um so I, I think probably is a great place nice to be. Mm-hmm. I it's probably the best one of the best cases is said through our business. Yeah. Um it's got a very generous philanthropic community. You know, Always supporting each other. Yeah. But I do think it's going to a little an identity crisis. What's one thing she love about Crawley? And then one thing you think it, in my of is I'll but. What is the one thing I like about Crawley? Through the people. Yeah, I think having that multi cultural, that whole diverse community of people, yeah. I think it's, it's probably its biggest asset as people. Yeah, yeah. And what do I not like about Crawley? Well, it was just him do roadworks at the same time everywhere. They do, don't they, Ireland? It's everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what's the point? But they do the traffic lights to at the same time all day. The yeah. And it's just like, really? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Crowley, you know, I think Crawley's a great tell. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate enough to travel all over the country, especially football. Yeah. And it's one it's of oh, the nicest tells that I've come across. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's people who have been this assay. I think that's the last way to end, Dil. Uh, nice positive message. Super. Brilliant. It's a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Thanks for cool. coming in. Cheers. Have Thank, you. Thank you. Great stuff.